Welcome, Pathfinders, back to the Find the Path actual play podcast as we continue our way through Mummy's Mask, episode 10, the one with the something or another. Uh, hopefully not the... digits. Yeah, not the... Yeah, we made it to double digits, guys. Come on. Celebration. Yay. 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 That was a very Kevin's. Monty Python, like, yay. <laughs> Bust out the champagne. Do we have champagne? No. Some champagne? No, this is... Uh, hopefully this won't be a game that... It won't be the one with the PC death. No. Uh, we'll hold that Why do you another. have to jinx us like that? Every time. I want it to be the one where Sagira's friends with all the things. <laughs> the one where we're uh, friend the things? Well, that is unfortunately already not going to be the case. No. Oh. There's a snake that likes you. The snake uh, does like me. It's true. When last we left off, our heroes had made their way back into the necropolis after finishing their exploration of the tomb of Akintepi. They had made their way through the old city and into what was once the nobles section. They had then found their newest destination, the House of Panthero, which appears to be filled with the unquiet dead, considering that there's a lot of haunting going on. At the very least, when you first walked in and had crazy visions mm -hmm. of when this place was torn down during the Plague of Madness that took place some 2,000 years ago. It's all right. I got you, fam. You'd then done a quick little exploration, seen a, a, a giant bug down inside of a we went, no. dried out pool and went... Nope, I don't think so. No. I, we don't do centipedes. No. Nah. You then backed out, head back around to the other side, and had seen a, a snake just kind of sunbathing himself up on top of the uh, stone table set over there. And you've done a little snake head bobbing and weaving, a little snake charming. Yeah, now he's my friend. Yes, actually, I believe you did bump him all the way to friendly. Mm -hmm. So, very well taken with you. Sadly, though, while in the process of doing that, you kind of glanced over and then seen a new companion stepping out, which is where we, uh, <laughs> we left out. Yeah, not a companion. He was not friendly. <laughs> He did not react not well to my, hey, buddy, hey. Yeah. We, we did try. The sun's getting real low. He's not your friend, buddy. <laughs> he was not on board. <laughs> not your buddy, guy. All right. So uh, let's kick it off, put a little win here. I'm going to do a little something different for the opening for this. Got the wind going. This is some Sirenscape. Had an opportunity to speak with Ben Looms recently. He's a stand-up guy. If you see him at any of the cons, feel free to talk to him. Sirenscape. For all of your uh, amazing sound set needs. PaizoCon was fun, just throwing that out there. Anyway. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Good times. Sagira had made her way forward, leaving the three of her compatriots standing behind, watching with bated breath and I imagine weapons in hand as you kind of watch the situation. Sagira goes forward and lets out a couple little hisses, and head bobs, and sinuous motions to try to charm the snake, which Speaking sits there. He hasn't, home. you know, flared his, uh, his hood yet, but he's... He's my friend. He's relaxed. Actually, no, he's not a cobra. He's a viper, so he doesn't have oh, a hood. Even worse. He's friendly. I'm not worried about the snake. I'm worried yeah. about the giant friendly scary dog. you. I think we're still worried about the snake. I told him you're but. cool. <laughs> <laughs> but Sagira would have basically just kind of calmed him down. Sudi, I imagine, would stand in the back, probably keeping an eye back in the direction of the way that you initially came also, especially once it's obvious that the snake isn't much of a threat. Considering that you'd recently seen some of your more nefarious associates from your previous life, I'm sure you're a little bit more concerned about being assaulted from people outside, not necessarily all the dangers inside. If not that I think you're underestimating the dangers inside. If they're inside. smart, they'll wait until we come out, not yeah. coming after us. Hold on, I'm going to make a note real quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wait yeah. and, until and PC's out of space. 
spells. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is the Joke's time on you, only one of us cast spells. <laughs> <laughs> this is the time Never run out of stabbing. When my yep. own mouth gets in my way, yes. giving the GM hints. And then the doggo tried to kill us. Yeah, it's not nice, this guy. Doggo. Where is, where yep. is... Citra, oh, I imagine, would kind of also keep an eye on things. I don't think you have that much experience dealing with the wild animals anyway, so it's just like, oh, it's a, although I do think we established that everyone here except for Sudi was bitten by a snake at least once in the past, back in like episode seven. I don't think I got bit by the snake. No, no, not in the snake in that fight, but you guys had a whole conversation about, Time like, have you never been bitten by a snake? And it's like, well, yeah, it's like everyone else is just like, well, yeah, I live in Osirian. I've probably been bitten by at least a small <laughs> snake. Citra, I imagine, would kind of keep an eye on the, the surrounding area. This place does seem reminiscent to you, as well as on Eurus, although for two separate reasons. For Citro, it would be a little bit of a callback, maybe even a bit of a nostalgia thing, that it was places like this that you would come with your family mm-hmm. to restore the portraits and such on the surrounding walls and do your touch-ups. Imagining your childhood spent with your father for on Eurus, it's, I'm sure, nostalgia, but not quite as... Not quite as nostalgic as, you know, it's like, I remember spending quality time with my dad. It's more looking around and going, it's like, I remember sitting up in windows and staring out over high walls separating me from the rest of the world. Uh-huh. You're like Jasmine. I say all of this to justify why all three of you will not be <laughs> acting in the surprise attack round as a two-headed dog comes lumbering like, out. Segura's ah! <laughs> not looks back, It's like, why is everyone reminiscing? Segura's <laughs> like, ah, oh, cool, snake. Ah, oh, do- friend doggy? Not friend doggy. <laughs> Yes, Sagiris turning, you saw the lumbering thing, a black-furred, two-headed dog as large as a horse, with midnight black eyes that would stare at you as tiny worms would crawl through its mangy hide as it begins striding out. Essentially, this is a bad guy from Princess Mononoke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that works. It's been a long time since I've seen Uh, that movie. It lets out a low, growling grumble as it begins to step forward towards the attack, and I will need initiative from the party. Honduras is way ready, guys. I am the opposite of ready. I'm also ready. Citra, for once, gets a good initiative roll. (laughs) My first roll was a two this day. My first roll was a perfect 20 this day. I got a three. Oh, the luck has switched sides. (laughs) This is not okay. So, Segura, this is uh, this is what you see here. I'm handing over a pawn. Oh, you very forgot happy to mention, did you mention it had dog. two heads? Yeah. Yes, it did. So. <laughs> Multiple times. They're I not remember the heads. second head. I like a lot of cute, horrible BCs, but this is not one of them. He's also it's not, not undead. quite as wormy as I thought it was, because when you said Princess Mononoke, I immediately thought it was actually Princess Mononoke. You know, it, it reminds me that it looks a lot like a, a worm-covered version of the dogs from the Resident Evil movie. Hmm. You know, oh, what they yeah. look like with is... Because with the, the tongue, like, lolling out in the picture and everything, it reminds me of the terror dogs from Ghostbusters, and they're just... Because they're kind of happy-looking, but totally terrifying. Because it's like, yeah! So I will need <laughs> initiative from the party... Uh, let us start out with Segura. Four. Four for Segura. Sudikantar. Five. Five from Jordan over there playing Sudikantar. Rachel. Citra gets a 22. 22 for Citra. Onuris. Onuris gets a 21. 21 for Onuris. And our little friend here. I want him to be my friend, but he was not amenable to the idea. Ah, uh, well, there's always next time. If you guys fight the same thing all over again. <laughs> so the surprise attack round goes off. I am afraid that it's the dog's turn first. Of course it's first. first. 
surprise yeah. I got a four. Yeah. Pulled in the profanity. <laughs> uh, it manages to howl and growl simultaneously. Two heads. Before launching itself to the attack. Oh, didn't we say this is an Etten dog? It wasn't that Etten dog. Like, yeah. Did we know anything about it? Well, we haven't got a chance. Oh, okay. Yeah. It charges 10 feet forward. It will actually take the charge action. And it bites as it close. It's going to bite me. Um, so two plus baby. two for charging. <laughs> it gives it a 16 to hit your flat-footed AC as it lunges to yeah, the attack. Yeah, that 100% hits me. That would have hit me with my normal AC. Ugh. It oh. chomps a hold of you. Second level. Yeah, I know. I just looked down at my AC and was Ooh. like, what the crap? And it then I would went... chomp onto you for seven points as both heads would latch onto you, grabbing onto both your arm as well as basically digging into your shoulder. This thing reeks of death and decay. Uh, strangely, though, that it has hot breath, which would pour out of its mouths and fill your no- nostril with the smell of dog breath. The pleasant smell of dog breath. Sagira. Can I know what this is? You may make a knowledge arcana. Mm, no, I can't. I'm just going to hit it. Our one weakness. Uh, did I have my weapons out? I think you said that you slid your weapon away too. Talk to the snake. Talk to the snake. I guess I'm pulling my weapon. So oh, move action, you would co-fish. retrieve uh, your weapon. Yes, you do two weapon fight, so you can whip both of those out. So you shishink. That's it. Off to the side, the snake goes and then dives for cover. <laughs> this is fine. You're on your own, pal. <laughs> Some friend you are, snake. I'm out. <laughs> yep. He goes slithering off towards the shadow of the well. He's a uh, viper. He could have totally bit this thing for us. He could have, but he was not helpful. He was only friendly. Citra, Onurus, and Sudi are snapped free of their uh, ruminations and concerns pertaining towards ambushing, considering you've been ambushed. Uh, Citra. Well, I do have Knowledge Arcana. You may make a Knowledge Arcana if you so wish. No, something. Oh, you actually picked that up. Good. Yeah. Uh, I get a 16. So with a 16 on your Knowledge Arcana, you'll be able to recognize this as a death dog. It does death. <laughs> death dogs are disease-ridden nocturnal pack predators, said to be the Ooh. risen corpses of dogs and hyenas animated by monster-worshipping cultists. Pack? Pack predator? Pack hunters. I don't see another one. <laughs> yeah, that's my worry. <laughs> Clever girl. Well, dogs <laughs> are pack hunters also, but uh, sometimes people only have one dog. With your successful knowledge check, though, you'd realize that this is not true. Not the pack part, but the uh, corpses of hyenas and dogs animated by monster-worshipping cultists. They are actually living creatures infested with symbiotic worms. They're known to be capable of tracking their prey for miles across barren terrain. Death dogs surround stronger creatures attacking and retreating, allowing their infected bites to wear down an opponent until it is too weak to fight. The joke about trill dogs is hard not to make. Anyway. You, uh, with your 16, have one bit of useful information that you know about this thing. Special defenses. Special defenses? It possesses no special defenses. Swing away. And whiff. All right. It's a death dog. Not actually dead, though. And then I uh, rush forward <laughs> to uh, help Sagira, considering uh, this bite is apparently infectious. I'm so, threatening now. Very well. You rush across the sand-covered yeah, stones of the courtyard. Flank. Yeah, that's the building. There's a building way. Well, if you can get to one side, I can maybe get to the other. If you... I can get up to... If you the... go on the one side next turn, Sagira can move, and then you guys can flank it. It might take a couple turns. The party currently stands in the uh, eastern courtyard in open areas. The dog has stepped free of the door, leaving the back line about 15 feet removed from the fight. And uh, I I this death dog right up in uh, Sagira's face. 
It's 30 feet, so there you'd have to... Is it exactly 30 feet? Uh, it is 30 feet to get right there, yeah. Yes. Yeah, but you'll have to flippy-flop. Well, yeah. I, I will flippy-flop. Right. I will do my crazy acrobatics of, I don't know, doing the Mario, like, jump off the wall and You're push off. You're going to do the triple jump? <laughs> no, I'm going to, like, jump toward, you know, like, the parkour stuff right. they do, where they, yeah. like, jump toward the wall and then use that to, like, boost themselves. I'm going to try to flip over the dog to get to the other side. So, so then not a Mario jump, an Assassin's Creed jump. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and Mario just what popped in my head first. That's very strange. All right, so you so. go taking off across the sand. The sand here is loose. You're going to take a minus two penalty on your acrobatics. Okay. Fourteen. Fourteen. You would go rushing forward and attempting to hop past it to try to get by it however does not allow you unfortunately it has two friggin heads so it can be forgiven uh, it lashes out with a bite as you try to exit the square right next to Segura maybe this is going to be up in the air 16 to hit your regular AC no no so hey. you would slide under this able to continue so flipping she, where do you get yeah, yeah you does get she all- get where she wants since it missed uh, you only stop if you provoke an, or if you provoke the attack of opportunity while you're trying to move through your opponent's square. You're oh. not moving through his square, you're moving around. Yay! So, so Jordan, you have Oh, as a side note, I forgot, uh, you're not a high enough level rogue to have uh, acrobatic skill training yet, so the DC is actually 10 higher, not 5 higher. Oh, whatever, you're still bitter and she still missed, speed. so it's all good. Uh, yep. So you could actually only get to right here, because that would be your second diagonal, so you can't actually get all the way around there. So, so then you'd be just a five foot step away yeah, from the Yeah, and then both of you try. five foot step on your next turns. And, and you can still hit it. Yeah. Oh, and I still hit it. Or try. Yes. Whatever, yeah. So you do go rushing across. It manages to bite you as your feet slide on the loose sand out here. It doesn't bite me. It well, tries it to. It tries, it tries to, to bite me and fails miserably. Very well. <laughs> I try to lash out, it, lash out at it with my kukri for a ten. Ten? No. <laughs> I assume like some like worms pop out a little bit and it grosses me out and I kind of do a like back step. I'm like, Ooh! <laughs> they stare that's, at you with their little worm eyes. Yeah, that's probably what happens. Yes. So gross, like, you're the one that identified this. You knew there were worms. <laughs> I know, but they weren't supposed to pop out then. <laughs> uh, on yours. All right. You set aside your. Uh, Sad. Reminiscing about my horrible childhood, yeah. Your horrible pampered childhood, and then decide, okay, we're gonna go for this fight. Um, on yours, we'll move the 15 feet forward, and I will swing. Oh, hey, that's a 19, that's a threat, so 23 to hit it. A 23 will strike the death dog. Will a 17 confirm? A 17 will confirm against the charging death dog. His AC is still down from his charge on the surprise attack uh, round. I do, or on yours does 13 points of damage. He runs forward and slashes high at one of its necks. I mean, it has to. <laughs> <laughs> Go, for Go for the jugular. Your blade viciously buries into the side of this thing's neck. The left head, head gasping still for blood and spitting it up in your face. Gross. It doesn't need its trachea. It's fine. It's a, you didn't, well, you didn't kill it, but you definitely <laughs> hit it in a vein because it's bleeding everywhere, which brings us Artery. to this death dog. Artery. Oh, that's more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to this death dog, which... Uh, I just critical it. I could be in trouble. Yeah. You're going to be in trouble. <laughs> raises his shield in preparation. <laughs> yeah, it's going to bite out at... Uh, you know, it's going to start with Onurus, and then we'll see where it goes from there. 
So uh, its first head, the one that's gushing blood everywhere, bites out at Onuris. Ooh, that's a 19. Yeah, that'll hit me. Chomping onto the priest, its slobbering face biting onto the side of your arm, striking you for six points of damage as it begins to viciously savage you. Sagara looks over at you and says, You're on the front line again! (laughs) (laughs) Onuris would probably let out a swear in ancient Osirianic. Onuris runs forward, I'm back, baby, and then (laughs) gets bitten. He has pretentious swears. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Pretentious swears. <laughs> Ancient Osiriani swears. That's pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That worked pretty well for it. So the second head's also going to go after the priest of the old god. He doesn't like your face. Uh, I am very pretty. It should <laughs> like my face. It loves <laughs> ugly things. He is, not, he is not very pretty dog. Still a, uh, a nine. No. <laughs> no. The, a, the shield blocks that one. Yeah. Bring up your shield and wedge it into its mouth as it begins to viciously savage back and forth before Slaughters kicking it off. everywhere. It then will take a five-foot step back, yep. slinking into the shadows of the building again. Does anybody have following step or anything? I'm second level! <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, second level don't quite have that yet. I'm sorry. Does anyone have Disintegrate? <laughs> Last it's night we played ten level cast. characters, and then we come to the second level ones, and it's like, oh, you're so squishy. Uh, and that yeah. brings us to everyone's favorite cat folk. There's a two-headed dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's my free action. Uh, Sunni will then move. Uh, that will take two feet. move actions. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, then run? move. Then yeah. move fifteen feet in. Next to. Next on yours. Yes. Next to on yours. Uh, cock back a fist and let fly. You can do it, Sudi. Not with an eleven. I don't think so. I think I. I probably go yeah. and then realize that these little worm things are some. Biotic, like you said, and it's like, ooh, nope, pull that punch back. <laughs> you don't want to be a worm cat? <laughs> no. Not you grow an extra head. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good question. Like, is one of the heads, like, the worm's head? Like, the symbiotic worm's head? I don't know. Or was it already a two-headed Maybe dog? Maybe you should, that's, you that's, should do some research at the, the library. Right According to my research. <laughs> Very well. And Segura. Yeah, I'm going to do something now. I'm going to take a puppet step up. I'm going to uh, try my hand at two-weapon fighting. I think this is the first time I've had a chance to do this since we leveled up. <laughs> Swing one with Kodpesh, hoping to maybe finish taking the head off. The first head. 22? 22, you would spin your blade and swing, striking your target. All right, that's going to be 12 points of damage. You kill it. Ah, oh, I kill it. I finish cutting through the neck of the head that Onyura started, and the head falls directly onto Sudi. <laughs> and then I cackle. That was a good cackle from Rachel over there. That's the cackle. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I was going to say, that was more of a cackle than... <laughs> I was doing the Atsuko, or Agatsuko, like, friend laugh. I don't know. Or ha 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 ha. It right. is ha ha ha, isn't it? I'm on Eurus now that the... Is it dead dead, or is it bleeding out? It's bleeding out. Okay. We make it dead. Yes, we, we put the animal out of its misery. And then on Eurus, we'll channel... It's on its side. Yes, that's awful. And then on Eurus, we'll channel. Yeah, channel. Do the worms stop moving? The worms do. As a side note, I believe that Onurus uh, and Sagira were both bitten. Yep. Mm-hmm. I will need both of you to make a fortitude save. Well, we get six hit points back. Is it fear? Is it fear? <laughs> uh, it is not. 
Um, on Eurus, rolls another freaking perfect 20. That's three and one wow. night. And I get a 24, which means all my luck is gone and I'm going to die in the next combat. I get an 18. <laughs> 18. Very well. Yeah. So glancing down, as is supposed to you know, start to channel and everything and look down, rubbing some of the blood away from yourselves, you would notice that its saliva seems to be coated in tiny little worm eggs as you begin to quickly rub. Can I make a heal check or something? Uh, yeah, if you want. On us, not on it. <laughs> please, please look at me. 16. Trying to see if there's any of this. Conferring with Citra, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You do know that these worms are somehow symbiotic with living organisms. You don't know quite how that works. On yours, looking it over yourself as well as Segura, you don't think any of them were in the wounds when you sealed them closed with healing magic. <laughs> we'll keep an eye on that. If I grow an extra head, it's on you. <laughs> It's, it's kind of like the whole like evil twin thing where it's like, which one of the twins do you kill? It's which head do you cut off? Although, I will cut off my own other head. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be fair, if it gives you the Etten superior two-up in fighting, you take no penalties for two-up in fighting. Just kidding, I'll keep it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, it's fine. So I don't know if you're actually okay yet, but hopefully. I mean, wow. We'll live. I mean, I recommend a, a shower. Just That's su- not gonna sh- I can't clean the inside of my flesh. Sudi just looks over on Eurus covered in blood. Well, I'm just thinking if we get water. into another skirmish, then... I'll never ask for water ever again, but I need water. Create water <laughs> on Sudi. I am bedraggled, but I, at least not covered in blood. I can guarantee you you'll ask for water again in this adventure path. <laughs> anyway, in case we get into another skirmish, I suggest that the two of you wash off just in case the... Eggs are. I still. guess wash us. Wash us on your. There's also a nearby well. No. <laughs> I don't want to continue. Wash me with your clean, that. holy water. <laughs> That's not really holy because there's no silver involved. You don't want to jump in the well. It's like basically um, filtered water. Definitely not going into the well. There's While they're stuff down there. On yours will create water on Sakira. On yours is making it rain. <laughs> 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 While on yours is making it rain, Citra is going to check the building that this thing came out of to make sure there's not another one. I also need experience. Yes, you do earn experience for defeating the death dog. Uh, it's a challenge rating of two, netting the party 150 XP. Slipping over towards the building, if you so wish. Yes. Citra sticking her head inside. The inside of this small one-room structure is cool. There are no windows that you can see inside, although the double doors here allow easy access within and enough light that you don't even need to strike your own torch. Just a couple of seconds for your eyes to adjust from the blaring light outside to the dimmer illumination here. This structure is devoid of features, save for the ruined remains of furnishing that have all but disintegrated with the passage of time and age. You think perhaps this was once some sort of maybe quarters? There look to have been the remnants of possibly bunks built almost into the side of the wall on the opposite end of this. There are no puppies? No, there are no baby <laughs> death dogs. Death puppies? Death oh puppies. Oh my gosh. They only have one head. No, no moral quandaries. Of, do we raise the death puppies as our own? Yes, we do, but there aren't any, so it's fine. The floor in here is a pack sand, which you're going to guess means that this is probably one of the servants' quarters. Mm-hmm. It looks like the death dog has simply been digging in here recently. Although for what or whether or not he's just digging because it's a two-headed dog and it's bored, you're not entirely positive. I'm going to check where he was digging just to be safe. Okay. You may make a perception roll. Like a 13. With a 13? You do manage to find 
one, you think it was probably just digging in the sand here. Judging from the burrow that you find underneath it, you're going to guess that there's probably some sort of field mice or something that live under the sand here and simply came through. Either that or this may have been the den for that asp that you saw earlier, that it was trying to dig it out. Mm. Although why the asp was then subsequently sunbathing outside and the death dog was ignoring it, you're not entirely positive. <laughs> they made peace in their own private war. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. The ass made a really, really good handle animal check. Yeah, or he'd like dug his way out and was sitting on the bench just watching this dog still try to get him. And he's like, I'm not even in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, You, however, do find that there are a scattering of items left over in the sand here, probably from whenever the structure was occupied. Hmm. You would find seven scattered pieces of gold, three pieces of silver, and two copper pieces, as well as a single turquoise earring. Oh. Is worth 15 gold. What design is it in? Is, there, is it just like a piece of turquoise? Uh, it's teardrop shaped piece of turquoise. Uh, when Sintra tells me, when Sintra says that there's stuff in there, I want to go dig around in the sand and see if I can find more stuff. Okay, you may make a perception roll. Would it the... be uh, a little racist to say maybe he should dig in there? <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> <laughs> this is the not, not the character saying it. In the meantime, on yours and Sudi. Uh, I'm going to, uh, let's see, probably, much as I really don't want to, I'm probably going to stay where I am, because I know that there's a, a snake around somewhere that's not friendly to me, and I don't want to go look down the well and, like, draw something to his potential. I got a 24. On your will also be keeping watch. Okay. I'm basically just stand on either side of the doorway. Mm-hmm. All right. Citra digs in the sand with a 24 on her perception check. Sagara digging in the sand would find nothing more of interest than Citra did initially. On yours, kind of glancing back, judging from this building's position here, you're going to bet that this was probably guards' quarters. It is very well laid out like your family compound. So what's probably... The building on the other side of the courtyard, what do I think that probably is, just from knowing the layout of these Probably kind of servants' quarters. All This entire area was probably a servants' courtyard. So this would have been the guard quarters, and those would have probably belonged to the servants'. Sudi, as you're sitting and waiting, you would kind of glance up and notice that the vultures seem to have taken notice of this recent fight, and one of them has perched over on top of the building and simply stares down, waiting patiently for all of you to finish digging in the sand so that it can eat that death dog. Um, on top of which building? On top of the main structure. When I've noticed that Citra and Sagira are done digging, we should check the servants' quarters before we go into the main building. We might also want to do something about this uh, corpse, because the vultures are looking like they're going to eat it. Mm, they'll and if do. they eat it, they're probably going to get infected with these worms, and now we have death vultures. Oh. That's a good point. We should probably drag it into the building and seal it. We shove it in the building and close the door. Do any of you have an old nature? Yes. You may roll it if you so wish. I don't know a whole lot about this, and I get a five. Five. Yeah. Well, you can drag it into this building if you so wish to, and... More likely than not, some animals are going to eventually get to it, but... Mm. Let's burn it. Do it's going to draw a now? lot of attention. No, that's that's potentially... Which Did Citra ever restock her oil supplies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we just fought in the open air. I mean... But the smoke is going to draw a lot of attention. Yes. But any animal that finds this, and animals will find this, could be infected. And then every time we come outside, we might be attacked by death creatures. Two-headed snake. Can I make a heel check to see if the worms are still even alive? You may, if you so wish. Do you know anything about the pathology of worms? I get a 27. Well, maybe. <laughs> uh, with a 27 right now, yes. Just glancing this over, you're going to guess that it's probably going to die soon. Due to the fact that 
it does in fact seem to be a symbiotic relationship. The worms are going to die soon without the dog to support them. I imagine once they're dead, it's probably no longer going to be contagious. Well, in that case, we would really just need to keep the uh, immediate uh, scavengers away from us, and we should be okay, right? Do I know anything about what makes vultures not want to eat something? Well, your knowledge nature check was actually for vultures. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, we could salt it really heavily or something. How do you kill worms? Do I know how to kill worms? You can make a knowledge nature check. <laughs> uh, that was a better check. 17? Salt works pretty well. Anybody have any salt? Does it come in any of the kits? I don't I'm know. I'm not the Winchesters. Well, <laughs> no. Yeah, your your cooking I kit have, probably no. has enough salt for you to like salt your food, but it's like those tiny little pla- or paper salt packet. It comes with your plastic knife and fork. <laughs> I really hope that they actually give us, like, at least some, like, you know, tin. On your issue, you would probably assume that there's going to be a kitchen somewhere inside of the structure, though. If there's not an outdoor servant kitchen. Well, let's just shove this in here for now, and if we find some salt, we'll salt it. I'm, I think that's a good idea. Let's head for the servants' quarters, like you said. A second vulture is joined the first. We should check the... I want to uh, talk well to them, but what's well. the group of vultures called? Crows or murders? Ooh, uh, they I have think a cool name. Yeah, I think it's a wake of vultures. A wake, that sounds cool. The yeah. weird names of... of Groups of birds. Anyway, the more, the more you know. Uh, I guess we'll make our way towards the servants' quarters. Who says Pathfinder's not educational? <laughs> Actually, I find Pathfinder makes me more like more interested in stuff I wouldn't have otherwise be interested in, specifically for things like that. Like, what do I call this? It's true. All right. So, standing where you are in the courtyard, off towards your left-hand side opposite of the building that you just fought in, is a single set of steps leading up to a small door leading into the side of the main structure. You can see a set of steps leading up to a second set of double doors also leading into the main structure. Further along towards the back of the building, you can see what looks to be an attached outer building directly next to those set of double doors leading inside. And even from here, you can see in the shadow of that building that there's a door there that probably leads inside of the master structure as well. Hmm. Probably a servant's entrance. Okay. A set of double doors sits at the base of what looks to have been that domed building that you saw down at the very end of this, with two doors leading into the front of it. Next to that seem to be two open doorways, much like the doorway here. These doors don't seem to have been constructed the same hardy material as the doors in the main building and have simply rotted away. Make our so way. just two open archways leading inside. We should inside. peek in that well. You, you feel welcome to I will that. peek down the well real quick. You feel welcome. Oh. Stepping forward and looking down the well. At one point or another, this well probably contained water. You can see nearby in the shadow, now mostly just given over to age and decay, what seems to have been a topper for the top of this well to keep sand from getting down inside of it. Whatever struck this building hit it with such haste that there was no time to replace the top of this well. And as such, it's filled up to or filled up with sand at about 15 feet down from where you stand right now. All right, I guess we continue on to the attached building. The attached building. Very well. Which archway are you heading towards? Let's head towards the double doors, yeah. Well, do you want to... Uh, well, there's two open... There's there's yeah. two open spots right here, so we could actually jump go in, in at the first yeah. uh, I say go in entrance, the... yeah. You're going to have to pass them regardless, so you can look inside as you begin to pass them if you so wish. Yeah, because I don't know if they're individual rooms or if they're uh, like just a, a large open area, maybe. Like stables or something. Making your way forward and just kind of glancing into the first open archway you see here. This leads into a room you'd say about 15 foot square from one side to the other and across. Judging by its size and design, this looks to be very similar to the same building that you were in previously. So this was probably another guard's quarters. 
although this may have been a quarter given over to the captain of the guard, or maybe guards with family that were also staying here. Do we see any remnants of anything inside the room, or is it just empty? There's some debris uh, refuse that has simply been collected in here, and a fair amount of sand, which seems to have been blown in from the outside, although the floor in here is also just packed sand as well. It, unlike the previous room, doesn't look like it's been dug up by any of the creatures. You're going to guess since the door leading into this chamber is much smaller, the death dog couldn't easily navigate his way in here, and so, so chose the larger room. We'll mosey on down to the next one, then. Stepping past that, glancing inside of this open archway, you would find a room relatively spacious, about the same size as the previous one that you saw, 15 feet at a side, with the remnants again of what looks to have been furniture, maybe a table set off towards one side, although after 2,000 years, all of this has basically collapsed. The skeletal remains of a number of creatures occupy this chamber. Two of them look to be small picked over, and you're going to guess that judging by the skulls that you can see from here half buried, these look to have probably been cats. Past that, you would see in the center of the floor what appears to be a man, uh, although one with what seems to be the rusted and decayed remains of a dagger still buried in his skeletal back. You can only assume maybe this was a man just judging by the clothing, although it's difficult to tell. A fourth skeletal figure would sit leaned up against the wall on the far side of the room, mostly collapsed in on itself, as it seems to have been in the process of trying to shield the doorway that it would lean in front of. This door is now missing entirely, and you can't see what's in the small chamber that must be beyond that. Um, Onuris will make his way into this room, and I want to look over these skeletons. Sagira will pull both of her weapons. Or Citra will just search the room in general, but leave the bodies for on yours. And I'll stand outside and watch for anything coming behind us. Very well. On yours, what skeleton are you looking at? Um, I'm going to start with the guy with the knife in his back. And Sagira is entering the room just with weapons yep. out and ready? Very well. Uh, uh, we're so going to get haunted. <laughs> on yours. You may make a hill check glancing this over. Citra, I will need a perception roll as you begin to search the room. I get a 24 on my heel check. Uh, Citra gets a 19 on perception. 19 and a 24. Get some interior music. So Citra making your way into the room, though, searching around, you wouldn't find anything of value here. It looks like all the furniture and everything else here has decayed over time. You do, however, notice that through the battered down archway that the other skeletal figures seem to have been trying to protect, you can see the legs of what was either a halfling or a child. Uh, the skeletal remains hidden inside of what seems to have been possibly just the family's pantry or closet. I don't think anyone was spared when whatever happened, happened. On yours, you could verify this. Glancing over this man, he seems to have been possibly fleeing back before he was caught in the back, dragged to the ground. Judging by the number of chips on the skeletal remains, he was stabbed dozens of times. Again, this plague seems to have caused utter madness and berserker rage in the population here before it decimated whomever was living here. I will allow a perception roll from the party, though. Sudi standing out outside takes a minus two. Here's seven. Minus two, I get a uh, 18. Citra gets a 19. On yours gets a 20. Cool. 18, 19, 20. And uh, 7. 7. <laughs> I just had a cold chill, guys. Like in real life, not in the game. <laughs> You're probably about to have one in the real game. <laughs> the real game. But on yours, you would glance up 
towards Citra, who I imagine looks a little sad, staring in towards the skeletal remains of the child. By the time you look back down, the skeleton's head has turned to face you. I knew it! Almost rotating entirely as its arm would reach up, diving for your throat. As Sagira would take a step back from that, the skeletal remains of what you can only assume was the mother would begin to shudder as it would seem to reassemble itself in necromatic energy as the skeleton would stare up at you with a cold light inside of its deep eyes. Sudi, you would have enough time to start glancing back in that direction, probably distracted by those vultures who are just kind of slowly hopping their way across the ground looking at the door now. Goodness. (laughs) As we roll into some combat. When Sagira sees this, she's going to be real excited. Because it's undead. Do I get to act in the surprise attack round? Yes. I get a bonus on my initiative. Look at that. Yay, domains. Undead, guys. My favorite So looking at our initiatives here, we have Sagira. 17. Jordan, what do we get for Sudi? Sudi gets an 18. Rachel? Citra gets a 23. And Heather? On yours gets a 15. Now let's see how fast the dead are. Hopefully slow. The quick and the... Jesus Christ, they're slow. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's see if they get a turn. I mean, of course, you guys have dealt with some haunts already since you've been here in the general uh, discomfort, so I'm assuming you guys are rolling with your weapons in hand. I purposely took mine out. Yes. I'm always armed. A monk is always armed. Sagira so saw skeletons. Which is funny because you're nope. actually doing unarmed combat. Yep. So combat breaks out, and it's going to be a surprise attack round. Everyone except for Sagira oh. is going to roll in this. I did factor in that you got a plus two bonus on your perception roll, but it still didn't help. Yay. <laughs> Because you do get a, your favorite enemy bonus on perception rolls against your oh, favorite great. enemy. And on like tracking rolls and uh, I think like knowledge checks to identify them. It's pretty cool. Yeah, stuff like that. Surprise attack round. Citra, you have first initiative. As you would turn and glance towards the mother, you would see the shuddering from inside of the closet as the daughter begins to shamble up to her feet as well. As a side note, they have not gone yet. They are all still prone. Okay. Just feel really bad having to kill this family again. Kill a family. They're not a family anymore. They're just skeletons. I know. All right. Um, I mean, they were they cursed by any chance, or is this just like typical like died horribly Restless and came Sunday. back? So you can make a knowledge religion if you have. No, but I have lore curses. <laughs> sure, make a lore curse. You have no idea. It's oftentimes, it's probably more likely with the plague that swept through this place. These people were just brutally murdered and their spirits are unquieted by it. All right. Well, then I will slash out at the, I guess, mother figure that's in front of me with my kukri. The skeleton in front of you that's assembling itself. Yes. You stab down with your kukri. Um, Citra gets an 18. An 18 will strike your flat-footed target, giving you sneak attack. I'm really sorry about this. Um, I do six points of damage. Six points? Mm-hmm. You would ram your blade in, trying your best to wedge it into the skull and hammering it in. I suppose saying I'm really sorry. You barely chip this thing. There's just nothing to stab. Sooty. 
I'm going to move into the room uh, 15 feet uh, next to Segura and flanking with um, Citra on the father figure, I guess we'll just go ahead and say. Um, All right. And that's the end of my surprise attack round. Yep. Cutting us back over to on yours. I make a knowledge religion. You may. Uh, with a 19. With a 19. These are skeletons. They are the animated bones of the dead brought to in life through foul magic, usually. Uh, while most skeletons are mindless automatons, they still possess an evil cunning imparted on them by their animating force. With a 19, you can ask two questions pertaining towards the skeleton. Uh, special defenses. Special defenses. Skeletons are immune to cold. They also possess standard undead traits, which means immune to all mind-affecting effects, immunity to bleed, death effects, disease, paralysis, poison, pretty much anything that requires a fortitude save that also does not affect an object. In addition to that, they also possess damage reduction, although knowing what overcomes their damage reduction is a separate question. I know what their damage reduction is, but I don't suppose technically since we haven't encountered these before on Earth, so I'd know what their damage reduction is. So what's their damage reduction? Their damage reduction is five bludgeoning. All right. Good for me. Everybody has slashing weapons, don't yeah. we? Uh, except for me. I'm, I'm just going to have to overpower it. Our weapons aren't going to be as effective as they could be. I think I've commented before how calmly Onuris delivers everything. <laughs> yes. One day, Onuris will be scared, and that will be the day that bad stuff happens. Maybe the time we see a first mummy. Um, 20. 20 will strike your target. I hope so. He only does six damage. Six damage. You would chip the side of this thing as you would ram your Kopesh down. From there, we go to the skeletons. In the surprise attack round, they all use their move actions to stand up from prone, provoking an attack of opportunity from everyone with the exception of Sekura. Okay. 11. Uh, 20 for Sudi. 14. So Sudi and Onuris both connect. I do five points of bludgeoning damage. Onuris doesn't do any damage. On your display, just glances off. Sudi, however, cracks this thing with a downward kick, slamming through its skull as he would drop the skeleton with the dagger in its back back to the floor, crumpled into a mess of bones. Hey. You feel a certain degree of phrasmid pride at putting these down, yeah. but it's still kind of just a sad scene in here. Yeah, it's bitter. It's it's bittersweet. Citra, I imagine, recoils some from uh, all this horrible death and now this child skeleton beginning to shamble out of the closet at you. Round one of combat, Citra. I guess I'll try to go for the mom again. Very well. Okay. Just hit her. But I can't. I can't even do enough damage to get her without sneak attack. Uh, well, you could always stab to fight on the defensive. You could ready an action. You could ready an action to aid if an ally closes to give them a bonus on attack rolls. Uh, I'm going to ready that if somebody moves into the flank, then I'll, I'll attack. We'll sneak attack. All right. From Citra, we go to Sudi. Uh, okay, so I'm going to move uh, 10 feet, do an acrobatics to uh, try not to provoke the attack of opportunity. Very well. You go flipping through the air. With the greatest Let of ease, potentially. Uh, so that's going to be a 16. A 16, you would flip past the skeleton. Okay, and then... Landing opposite, at which point Citra's ready to action would trigger. Yep. Uh, that is in uh, 20. 20 would strike your target solidly, giving you the sneak attack. And five exactly, so that's five, no effect, as you would bury your blade into its back, hoping to reach something. Okay, then I will uh, punch out, uh, aiming at the spine. Uh, getting a 14. 14 will strike your target. Okay. Uh, Is that with the flank also? 16. 16. Yeah. 
and doing eight points of damage to it as I uh, punch through its spine, collapsing it. Yeah, okay. automatically hold it over your head and then smash it. If Segura oh, doesn't get to attack a single undead thing in this fight, you're gonna be so mad. I'm gonna kill one of you, reanimate you, and then kill you again. <laughs> Welcome so to the chaotic evil alignment. I'm neutral, not evil. I haven't done it. Yet. <laughs> Just threatening. Segura. There's a four-foot-tall skeleton of a young girl. I'm killing a child. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Again. Uh, no me. context. Again, FBI. Don't take us down. Skeleton child. Yeah, scary like skeleton. Uh, is that door open? The doorway is standing open. Yeah. Then yeah, I want to go all the way in. It will prov- Actually, no, you had cover as you close, so it will not provoke. Haha. Single attack. Not super great. 16? A 16 will strike the skeleton. Fourteen points of damage. Cleaves through the skull. Yes. The skeleton would shudder before just collapsing downwards, leaving her skull stuck on the end of your kopesh. I daintily remove it. (laughs) (laughs) Daintily. And sit it on the ground carefully, looking out on Eurus the entire time. I am. On Eurus will gather the bones of these people, and Sitcher will help lay them down respectively, respectfully. And say some prayers to the uh, old so you gods. Also contribute prayers of Parasma. Sagira will dig around looking for stuff. Sagira may make a perception roll. The loot-minded party member. Sagira gets a seven. <laughs> <laughs> Even maybe Sagira was a little affected by having to cut down a child skeleton. Yeah. You do earn experience for defeating three challenge ratings of one third, netting the party thirty-five experience points apiece, one hundred and five experience points total. Looking over the skeletons, they have nothing of value. Even that dagger hilt was just wasted away. On yours isn't worried about that. They go into my book as Skelly family. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Poor Skelly family. They're just trying to make a Skelly life. Yep, Skelly family. Having a bad time. Once uh, On Yaris is finished with his praying, he will, I guess, assist the other people in searching the room since Sagira didn't find anything. I think Citra did a good search, but I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, she made an exception. Oh, yeah, he did well, an and, and also keep in mind There's that realistically... There's the realist- closet, though, isn't there? Yeah, and I also keep in mind that realistically, closet. most of you would probably assume that Citra being oh, the most true. perceptive in the party, yeah. you don't know that she rolled did poorly. We, did she search the closet I was No, I she didn't just searched the outside the room. So I'll probably go take a look at the closet just to make sure. Well, I mean, I figured I was searching the closet. I was literally in the closet. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm not going to bother. Right. We leave. Segura so, so actually searching the closet, digging through there. Oh. Uh, all you find is that this door was probably not battered down. It's just collapsed from age. So more likely than not, she wasn't found. She probably just starved to death in here. Oh, that's worse. Uh, it looks like she uh, died in here holding what appeared to be the skeletal remains of another cat. That's so cute. That's so I am going to take the cat's head. Would best be okay with you? Yeah, that, that yeah. seems a little... Uh... Reverently taking a head to display? I don't think that that would be an issue. I think she'd be more inclined for you to respectfully bury them with their pets so that they could carry them on into the next life. Yeah. Well, did you gather all of the pets together also? I just gathered the girl. I didn't see... I didn't go in this... Well, there are two other cats also outside. yeah. The cats were murdered. I don't like any of this. (laughs) I would have put the cats... I would put the cats with their people, yeah. I mean, there's that whole... That's why you mummify the cats, so you can take them with you. We already established that when any of the party members die, Sudi's buried with them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Sudi. If one of us dies, you have to be mummified with us. Maybe I'll be okay with it. Alright, we go to the next building. Very well. 
Well, I was going to say, we're not going to the next building. It's just the continuing. Door. No, yeah. you have to go back out. There's no yeah. door here. Yeah, well, so I know, but I mean, it's, not, it's still technically the, the same building. Yeah, so we have these double well, doors, okay, and we have sure. one more open archway. Hey, are the uh, vultures on the ground now? Yeah, although if you start walking in that direction, they would scatter back up. Ah, Citra goes, shoot! I was going to go befriend some vultures. It's fine. No, technically, you can make a animal empathy. I want animal empathy! Wild empathy! Wild empathy. Use... I'll let you make the one roll. There are three vultures now. One roll for all three. Uh, oh, okay. I get an 18. An 18. They start out as unfriendly. So with an 18, you have bumped them up to indifferent. So they don't mind you being here, but they're still more interested in that body. Yeah, Onyris is probably going to help Citra shoo them away. Citra and Onyris run over there like Sean Connery with an umbrella. <laughs> <and start. laughs> scoot! Scoot, scoot! <laughs> Okay, fine. We go into the double doors. Approaching towards the double doors, you would find that these are solidly held in place and probably have been for centuries. Grabbing onto these and tugging, you can wrench these open. It's just heavy. What are they made of? Both the doors are made of reinforced wood, although the wood is nearly petrified with exposure to the elements out here. Yeah. Wrenching these open, as I imagine Segura would. Yep. Kopesh uh-huh. or Kukri in your offhand. and Yes. I'm going to go with offhand Kukri. Kukri. So Kukri in your offhand as you wrench this door open. Inside is a small chamber, probably once kept exceptionally dry and cool. You would guess that this was maybe a granary. Mm. Uh, with a dome roof set and a, the door here basically being the only means by which you could enter or exit. If there was grain here, it seems to have disappeared some time back. Glancing over, uh, you can see that it drops away some distance down into the ground, perhaps 15 feet or so. Down in the bottom, stepping forward. Do any of you have a light source? Well, it's during the day. Did We We haven't been in any oh, buildings right. yet. Been I have low light. But... I mean, I have my okay. lamp. I can uh, easily light it. But... Yeah, so with your low light vision, as Sagir is taking point, there would be enough light pouring in from outside with your low light that you could see down to the bottom. Okay. Down at the bottom, you could see that there's something there. Vaguely, for a moment, it looks like maybe large clumps of grain until you notice that it's rolling and shifting. Mm. Then it would seem to notice the light. After a second, you would hear buzzing sounds, scraping sounds of thousands of carapaces as a massive swarm of scarab beetles would come pouring up out of the granary hole towards all of you as you would stand staring down from the top. Can I take yep. a step back and close the door? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> you guys had one chance to learn from your previous mistakes, so scarab beetle swarm now, making up for that last lost chance. And we will pick Wait. that up next time with our I party. I have a baby cleric. I don't have area you effects yet. You one chance to learn your lesson. I'm going to drop a thing of oil down and set it the frick on fire. That is a good idea. <laughs> Who wrote this book? Jim Groves. I have words with him at PaizoCon. Anyway, <laughs> next year. We Jim keep a list of gripes that we like to tell people about PaizoCon. You tried to kill me. Please stop. End of episode In an Italian one accent. That's <laughs> yeah, it softens the blow. I get offensively bad so. Italian accent.